Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Stroke Diva Fabulous Radio Show. I'm Maria T. Richmond and have a wonderful show this evening. I am talking to Mr. Sherman Hardy and we're going to really excited about this show. Um, Mr. Hardy is the youngest director on the Prince George's County, Maryland Association of Realtors, uh, the board of directors that is. And he's also a member of the Maryland Realtors Legislative Committee. And we're really going to talk a lot about politics. Uh, he's also a small business owner. Hey, how are you? Oh, great, great. We have some static. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what that is. Okay. <laughs> is, is, do you still hear it? Okay, it's better now. But it, it, We had some static, but... Welcome to the Stroke Diva Fabulous Radio Show. Yes, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And now I, I have to let our guests know that um, I know Sherman. And today we're talking about he is running for the Maryland House of Delegates, District 25 in Prince George's yes. County, Maryland. Now he's also a vet, so thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, so I am running for delegate in District 25 in Maryland, and I have some exciting new ideas that I want to do for the county. Um, and some things aren't exactly too new, but things that you know haven't been pushed through legislation within um, through Prince George's de- the delegation yet. Um, really, it's really simple. I have a whole community approach that I want to touch. You know, I want to make sure that we take care of our young, our you know evolutionary elders, which is our seniors as well as our college students and, you know, just the average day working families, because far too often we're left out of the equation when legislation is being passed. What I particularly want to do is fix the education system and make sure that it's uh, back to being all elected. That's very important because, you know, it's a democratic process and then you don't have people who are buying positions or different stuff like that, or, you know, being in, in, in the positions where they can't really make change for the better because, you know, they have to, answer to one particular person. So those are some of the things I want to do for the school system, but also bring the vocational program. Those are very important. You know, all of our students aren't going to go to college, and, you know, those are things that we know. So we have to prepare them for the real world, and by doing so with vocational programs, you know, um, homeless make $100,000 a year, so does um, electricians and different people like that. But just having those skills are very important. So I think that's, that's the key component that we're being um, missed right now. Um, I want to make sure that we pay our educators a fair wage because right now, you know, they're not being paid commensurate to um, educators in the area. So they're leaving Prince George's County schools and going to other counties. And we need to keep our teachers here, you know, give them this, incentivize them to make them want to stay because, you know, it's important that we have continuity within our school system. 
you know, they build rapport with the students and stuff like that. And, it's, you know, it's just something that we have to take into consideration as well. Um, you know, uh, I believe a smart economic development. I want to make sure that we have, you know, the, the jobs that are going to be in place that are going to last and sustain because the job market is changing. You know, some careers are no longer, you know, within um, the same field or, you know, things have changed since, you know, the, the steel worker days or, you know, the are working at the plants. And mostly everything is going geared towards uh, smart technology and stuff like that. So I think we need to start training our scholars on things like that. And, you know, to be quite honest, they can pick up a phone or some kind of technology piece and work it just better than we can. So I want to make sure that we're able to, you know, train them to do that so that we can, um, I mean, we, we already have a lot of that within our Prince Georgia County. So by, you know, doing that, it's going to just enhance our community and have higher earning jobs, which brings me to my next point, that if we have a lot of the um, businesses pouring into our economy with, with their different taxes, we don't have to tax our property taxes so much. You know, that's important. You know, people are, are feeling the, the burden of this because, you know, they're being, um, you know, they're working hard, but all of their funds are going towards taxes, and we aren't getting the resources that we need for it. So, you know, I have a plan to make sure that, you know, we um, build more jobs and careers within our community. I, I plan on being more proactive when it comes to that. Um, and also, you know, with our seniors, I want to make sure that they can age in place, you know, the same in the same breath. You know, they are paying so much in, in taxes that, you know, they can barely afford their medicine or the different necessities that they need throughout the day. Um, and even if they own their home, they still have to pay taxes. So, you know, um, those, are, those are some key components that we have to look at to make sure that, you know, we have a vital community um, and we aren't doing what we need to do for our veterans. Um, I want to make sure that there's a line item for the, in the budget for veterans because right now in Prince George's County, there isn't one. So, you know, that's the population that's been under, underserved. You know, Prince George's County has the largest um, veteran population in the state of Maryland with over 60,000, 70,000 um, veterans. So, you know, that's a, that's a large portion, and we need to make sure that we take care of our veterans. And you've, you've brought up, I mean, some – I mean, some great points because mm-hmm. this county, as we know, this is one of the, the richest county in the nation for African Americans. Right. In Prince George's County, as you mentioned, we know that the, I mean, we are taxed <laughs> beyond belief and we're paying all these taxes, but, you know, where is the money going because we're not getting the same services as other counties like we still have to go out to you know Virginia or yes, yes. Or, you know just to get just to get like just basic stuff you know like a place to eat or a place to shop and you know we're yes. to get those things in the county but you know we deserve a lot more yeah, you know, I, I hear that so often in the communities. You know, people saying that, hey, you know, we don't have any good malls. We don't have a mall in Prince George's County uh, for that, that that matter, you know. Um, so that's something that I want to work on. You know, those are things that part of the economic development that I want to do. Um, you know, we're constantly building fast food restaurants, but we're not having any, you know, quality restaurants or any healthy restaurants for that matter. Um, that's, just, you know, how, how are we going to grow and progress um, without having healthier choices in our communities. You know, um, there are many grocery stores in our area as well. So, um, yeah, those are some of the things that 
I truly believe that we need to work on uh, within our community. Yeah, and, I, and so I kind of want to um, break this down point by point because, you know, you have a vision <laughs> of education and housing and economic mm-hmm. development and the environment. So I just want to start with education. Mm-hmm. The first thing for education for you is it it's doing the, just uh, electing just new boards or just you know having paying the teachers or just more STEM or I mean how do you break down fixing the educational problem in Prince George's County? Oh my God, I don't know how we can do one without the other. You know. Um, we, in, in order to prioritize, of course, we need to do an all-elected school board, um, you know, because they can make more of the decision when it comes to the pay and different stuff like that, um, and as well as having the STEM programs. You know, that's, some of those things I can't really um, control myself by being in um, a, a delegate. However, I can work with my um, county council members and also um, the school board to make sure that, you know, we are – representing and doing what's needed for our our, um, our educators, our scholars, you know, um, and, and everybody that's within the school system. That's it's, it's, it's very important and it's key to what we need to do in order to make the school system a, a lot better. And I think, too, as it becomes better, I'm thinking, you know, it becomes a lot safer for, yes. for the kids. Right, exactly. You know, and that's something that I, I – um, I'm working on as well. You know, I received the um, designation from Mom Demand Action, which is a um, a gun violence um, organization where they try to curtail it and, you know, work with community leaders as well as legislators. But it, it's terrible that we have our poor babies going to school and, you know, they're being shot and killed. You know, that you don't, you never know when your number's up. And I, I use this equa- um, equation for like back in the days when, you know, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis and, and students had to duck under desks, you know, because they were in fear of, you know, being bombed whenever the sirens went off. However, now we have sirens for people just coming to school shooting, you know, random people, some, you know, some classmates. And that's something that, you know, we can't tolerate. Absolutely. That, I mean, that definitely, you know, puts a hamper in their learning. And right. The other thing with Prince George's County uh, we have a domestic abuse problem. Yes. How, how do yes. we begin to to work the pieces of that together? Okay. So, you know, that has to be a multifaceted um, ordeal because, for one, we do need to um, get hard and tough on domestic violence. Um, but we also need to get them to treatment because I believe that, you know, the therapy, the the, the um the therapy for them is is a key component that's being missed. And, you know, with that and counseling and stuff like that, we can determine what it is because nine times out of ten, a study show that um, hurt people hurt people. So those people who do domestic violence and, and, you know, within their household, they've seen it themselves. Right. Or they've been a party to it or something like that. So, you know, we need to get them that. But then also on the survivor side, we only have one place where they can go right now, you know, so it's hard to actually leave because they end up homeless, you know, and for some families, they can't even take their children with them to um, the shelter. So that's something, you know, I, I believe that we 
have to sit down and come together and work on. Um, I was at the grocery store the other day, and someone, um, a lady came up to me and was like, hi, um, can you just buy me a bag of chips because I don't have anywhere to go. I can't store food, and I was a victim of domestic violence. You know, I just had to flee my home, and there's not a, a vacancy or bed available until next week. And that really touched me because someone who was already established, life has been torn away from them in multiple ways, and now they don't have a place to go. That's one of the basic needs that everyone needs is shelter. Absolutely. That is a sad story, and you're hearing more of those stories now. Yes, yes. How is it in a county with so much money that there's only one shelter to go to and there's only one, I mean, and for, for veterans, because I know that probably ties into it right. as well. There's no place it is. for veterans. How is that possible? And that goes um, along the lines when we talk about um, priorities. I don't think the priorities of the county or the state have been where it needs to be. Mm. That so, is, yeah, that's absolutely absolutely true. So what mm-hmm. is it that for veterans, I mean, how are they finding housing and jobs? I mean, how are they how are they making it now? Well, there's some um resources available. There is um the county does have one person and I emphasize one that deals with a lot of these um, things when it comes to um, veterans. Um, But there are many other um, organizations that try to help out veterans, but there is no cohesion and um, unity when it comes to that. I know they do the veteran stand down, um, you know, once a year um, for the county, but um, we can do so much more. We need more resources and and, and job fairs and um, different stuff that cater to the veterans. Um, Oh, well, first of all, let me back up. We need to get the county to have a line item within the budget to support veterans. That that will be where we should start um, first, so that they can give um, funds to these nonprofits and and hire someone else to work at the um, the county building um, in Prince George's County to support veterans when it comes to filing claims or getting them the resources that they need. Because you know federally the the the, the stuff is there, but it's not being it's a disconnect. So you know we need to cover all bases. Right. I'm still having some feedback. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's better. Uh, we have another guest that's logged in, so I'll ask that okay. guest to make sure you put your um, you put everything on mute. But um, but so for the county, do you, because now you know all around our county, you're seeing. I mean, just ogles and googles of just, I mean, people everywhere. You're just seeing one billboard after the other. So is it that people that are in office, they keep getting reelected, and that's not why we're seeing a lot of change? Or, you know, I know we need some fresh some fresh blood because... We, we do, yes. Yeah. But how are the same people, how do they keep getting reelected? And you we know, don't I... <laughs> I often ask myself the same question because, you know, with being um, lacking of resources so much, you know, I, I often say, you know, why aren't people doing something more about it? But a lot of people just don't know because, you know, what you don't know, you remain ignorant of. A lot of people don't know who they're supposed to go to to get the resources. And sometimes when they go to those people, it get backlogged. 
you know, and they, they tell you so many reasons why they can't do something and not reasons why they can. That's just, I mean, that's just what's so amazing. And I can always go back to with all the money in the county. Yes, right. Well, this this money. And so, I mean, we have a lot of candidates. And we do. Tell us about early voting because we know that's also key. Yes. So early voting starts um, the 14th and it ends the 21st. And then from there we have um, Election Day, which is June 26th. And I implore everybody to go out and vote. Of course, I want you to vote for me, Sherman Hardy. We're delegate in District 25. But make sure that you read up on everybody that's running. Don't just vote because someone told you to or you've seen a, a pretty little flyer with nice pictures and it, you know, says, oh, you know, these are your, your elected officials or these are the people you're supposed to vote for. Take five to ten minutes and just research a couple of these people and find out who is really going to be there for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Sherman, I definitely want to thank you for being on the Stroke Diva Fabulous show, and I have to also let our guests know that uh, Sherman has been a regular on the award-winning Ed Brown International Television Show. And yes. I mean, and Mr. Brown, you know, he has been a pillar in the community as well. And um, so I wish you the best. I know we'll talk before Election Day. but I, awesome. I appreciate it. And give everyone um, information how they can contact you. Okay. Well, my website is ShermanHardy.com. As plain and simple, just ShermanHardy.com. Um, and you can follow me on Facebook. My name on there is Sherman Hardy. Um, and I look forward to, you know, hearing from everybody. You can always reach out to me. Um, I am very open and receptive and, you know, responsive as well. He is. He is. Thank you, Sherman, so much. Thank you. Okay, you have a good evening. Bye-bye. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do I have uh, Mr. Derek Matthews on the line? Yes. Yes, you do. Derek Matthews is here. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you, Mr. Matthews, for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And and so I want to let uh, our guests know that we are talking to Mr. Derek Matthews, and he is an author, a coach, consultant, trainer, motivational speaker, and can help us with uh, crisis response communications, and he provides yes. those services. And I... So thank you for uh, sending me a copy of your book. But before we start talking about that, you're you're also an entrepreneur. But I kind of yes. wish a very um, interesting life story. So just begin to tell us about your journey. So um, so my journey started as uh, a young man in Annapolis, Maryland, where I was born. Uh, I am the grandson of a pastor that raised. Uh, Reverend Clarence Johnson, C.I. Johnson, and my mom was the late Reverend Callie Matthews. And uh, so I'm from a family of entrepreneurs. My mom and dad had businesses growing up for years, and I uh, kind of watched the business cycle and watched, you know, what it's like to be independent. And uh, so I, I lived around that life my entire time growing up. Uh, went to the military, did a short stint in the United States Army, Got out, went to Bowie State University, where I uh, stayed at Prince George's County. And um, after leaving Bowie, um, I wound up becoming a Prince George's County Sheriff's deputy for a number of years. And uh, 
work my way through every rank within the department. And then it was time for me to become an entrepreneur myself. I stepped out and started an international security company and did very well and uh, around the world. And uh, somehow at some point I was convinced to take this government job and become this BS-15 within the federal government. And um, had a very successful career, both international and national, uh, running, some of, running some of the largest programs for Homeland Security. And um, as fate would have it, a simple mistake that uh, violated some ethics with me doing some consulting for what I thought was a friend of mine, uh, which was normally an offense that my counterparts had done hundred times over, uh, usually three to five days suspension. Uh, cost me uh, my entire career and for a short period of time my reputation and and uh, as a result um, you know I wound up going to federal prison for 15 months uh, which was over punishment for such a minor infraction and uh, so that book that I spoke of I was knocked down but not out uh, it's really just a snapshot in my life of how one, we must be accountable for our actions, no matter how minor or large they are. Uh, but two, how life can deal us sometimes a deck, a deck of cards that uh, not the best hand we want, but we got to play the game. And um, so the story talks about my journey through uh, having a beautiful wife and two kids and what happened to us as a family uh, while I went through that journey. And the, the one thing that I, I love about your story is uh, – you know, I was thinking of the word redemption, but you, you know, you had accomplished so much in basically, oh, you know, starting over. But your faith yes. is what kept you moving. Through, kept yes. you moving. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, by me being uh, so spiritually grounded, coming from the grandfather and the mother, being so heavy in church, church was not something that was uh, an option growing up. Sunday morning in my house, me as the oldest, uh, I'm 10 years older than the one closest to me and 14 years older than the youngest. I'm the oldest of five. And the reality was church was never an option. I know today you wake up and our kids may tell us sometimes they don't feel like going to church and they hung out late last night. In my house, it was a, unless you were on your deathbed and truth be told, there were even nurses at church. So you really had to be sick. <laughs> to not go to church, right? So the reality was, you know, once you learn to accept that everything has a purpose and everything is under the control or in the control of the grand architect of the universe, we, we have to learn to stop trying to make things so about ourselves. So this journey was me knowing that my wife and two kids, at the time my kids were seniors in high school, uh, I had made a commitment that they would go to college. I had made a commitment that I was responsible for them going to college and that our life was going to change. And uh, I guess I fall into that 3% of the people where if you, you know, rise and have a, a very large, successful life and, and prominent lifestyle, that should you lose it for whatever reason, uh, you having the attitude and the necessary faith, if you did it once, you can do it again. So while the rebuilding at 52 uh, I'm out right now celebrating my 52nd birthday. Uh, so while I had a plan, my plan was altered because at some point with the money, power, fortune, and fame, uh, I did. I, I lost my moral compass, just kind of went astray for a second. And um, so even during that journey 
uh, one of the moral compasses in my life was my mom. And uh, my mom actually passed away while I was away during federal prison time. So you can imagine that 28 years of law enforcement professional, now you find yourself in federal prison. Uh, that was a whole nother journey and experience that I had to prepare myself for. Um, so, you know, so I was able to do that by always trusting and keeping my faith in God. And while I even questioned it, you know, if you read the book, um, there were times when you wake up and, and initially I was asking God why, but the response was, why not you? You know, when you ask yourself, why me? The real question is, why not you? Uh, because everybody around you, especially your loved ones, watch every single thing that you do, and they become a product of your actions. So that's where we are today. And that, those are, uh, well, uh, two things. Thank you for your service, and happy Thank birthday. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but you mention uh, in, in your book that uh, you mentioned something about purpose disease. Tell us about that, and and has that led you to, you know, your coaching and uh, your consulting? Is is that part of it that we're all kind of with this? Uh, we have this purpose disease. Yeah, well, you know what, what I what I'm saying in the beginning of that we all sometimes we we, we get a little sidetracked or misguided, spend a lot of time nationally, internationally now talking to people, and when you ask people. <clears throat> what they desire most. A lot of times, hands will go up, and people will talk about being successful. But what does success actually mean to you? So a lot of times, people will define success as having a lot of money. But what does a lot of money mean if you don't have happiness, if you don't have love, if you don't have the trust and support and the things that foundations of a healthy lifestyle? What happens if you're not physically and mentally healthy and you have a lot of money? What good is the money. So I try to get people to understand, you really have to figure out what success means to you. And now that I've gone through a period in life of highs and lows, valleys and plateaus, and high hills and low hills, at the end of the day, I know that my why, the thing that drives me, is my wife and my set of twins, my two kids. They are everything that I live for and am willing to fight so kind of putting God first and them and then myself allows me to have a sense of purpose where my success is knowing that they graduated from school, they're doing well, my wife is happy, she's a cancer survivor, she actually had breast cancer as I went through that journey, and we really feel like my mom prepared even her for that. So when you put things in their proper perspective and really learn that while you have a purpose, God also has a purpose for you, and you've got to be able to do the the proper science and balancing act to make those two things come together. And sometimes we're just so uh, misguided with what our actual purpose is that uh, sometimes we just have to reset. And my job as a coach sometimes or as a speaker to corporate America or, or groups of people is to try to get you to reset and take a step back and um, Sometimes it's really interesting to watch people think about their priorities, and then when we do this reset, get you to think about, wow, that's really not that important. It's really not that serious. But this thing over here, this is where I really should be putting my time and my energy. 
So, uh, so it's a really interesting process that we must put ourselves through. And I think that uh, one of the things that's so so interesting, and of course, the time that we're we're living in, uh, there, you know, people are going through. They have a lot of hardship, but everyone has the uh, American dream. Mm-hmm. So how you know how do we connect those together? You know, it's stressful, but I want my own business. You know, I want mm-hmm. my home, I want my vehicle. You know, I want my family, I want my education. Uh, and as an entrepreneur, you know, it it mm-hmm. takes, it takes time. But you know, mm-hmm. how do we how do we balance all of that? Mm-hmm. Well, we balance it by what you actually just said to me. If you were actually in front of me in a group of people, I would tell you this: that if I had you what you just said, you said, I want, I want this, I want that. And that's great. It's always great for what we want. But right. sit back in your quiet time and ask yourself and ask God, what do you want for me? And when you process and allow your spirit and your heart to open up and allow God to speak to you and say, this is what I want for you, your what you wanted will suddenly change. And you'll understand that that business that you thought you wanted, that may not be the business for you, but yet that thing that you really enjoy doing, if you learn that that thing you really enjoy doing, if you did it properly and did it in a different text, that very one thing that you like doing and having fun doing that you thought was a hobby, that could very well be the business that God wants you to have because there is where you find the happiness. But a lot of times we focus on what we want to do as far as entrepreneurs and business because we think that that thing will bring us the monetary desires that we want. If you make that money, you could buy that house and drive this car. But they may not be what God wants for you. And it's only sometimes in the deepest of turmoil and tribulations that we find ourselves humble enough or humbled for us to be able to process, okay, God, you got my attention now. I'm listening. Tell me what you want me to do. But we don't do that sometimes in the good times. My mom would always tell us or tell me that it's it's very easy for us to be happy and praise God and do things when things are going good for us. But as soon as things are going bad and they become difficult, it's a whole different thought process and prayer and everything changes. And, and that's where I have to try to get people to do that reset. And what is the American dream? I mean, you know, who, whose dream are we talking about? Absolutely. Because, you know, our, yeah, our forefathers and our ancestors, the people that fought and died for us, their dreams were not this classic, typical American dream that people talk about now. It really wasn't. It was for our families to be able to, generations down the road, not have to work ex-slaves and not have to work as hard as we did and be able to bear tons of children and keep the family name going and have a small family business be continued and passed on. But now all of a sudden we've got somebody else's dream that we sometimes call the American dream. That's not for everybody. It's just not. And I'm glad that you, you said that because in the, the time that we're in, you know, and just talking uh Right now, for for Black folk, we are trying to uh, have this generational wealth, so we're trying uh-huh. to, we're trying to keep it uh, 
in the family, mm-hmm. and how do we begin to to make that transition? Just doing well, it for ourselves. Yeah. Well, we have to break cycles, so it forces us to break cycles and break chains. So right now, there's a sense of we have chains of generations of poverty and welfare where we pass that mindset on. A lot of it is a change of our mindset, the change of cultural mindset that we didn't used to have. We used to be the hardest workers known to man, but now all of a sudden we won't do this because it doesn't pay this much money because we become so proud now. You know, we, we won't work at this place because it's only paying this, or I got to wear that, or I have to do that. Well, that's one thing. But now what we're not doing is we start a business, and then we're not supporting each other. So if you've got a radio show, and I knew that you have a radio show, why would I not want to be on your radio show versus going out breaking my neck trying to get on somebody else that doesn't look like me and doesn't support so when we open a store or a restaurant, we've got to tell everybody that we know the good, bad, and different. But we tend to tell 10 people about a bad experience before we'll tell one person about a good one. So we'll go to a black-owned establishment to talk about the service or the prices before we'll say what a great meal we had the last time we were there. We've got to stop doing that. We've got to learn to support each other. And when you're talking about generational wealth, you know, there's other generations of cultures of people that when they're working, their specific generation, they're working for the generation that hasn't even been born yet. They've already been taken care of by the generation before them. We've got to learn a mindset or develop a mindset to want to do that. Um, so you look at your Folgers and your Maxwell houses and your Kennedys and your, you know, their name, last names can go on and on. That's generational wealth. We focus on being rich. Being rich is, is, is not, there's, there's a lot of confusion over what the difference is. You know, being rich, you can be a ball player, make all this great money, but are you, are you actually wealthy? Have you taught yourself, taught your children? Have you put money away? When we die, what are we leaving our children behind sometimes other than a bunch of debt? Um, so we've got to change our mindset to how we do things. You just made a powerful statement. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it real. I, you know, I, I keep it real. Um, that is know, powerful. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you've read the book now. And, and, again, this journey has allowed me to see. You know, I used to I give people an analogy. I used to feel like I was watching a color TV and life was good. I mean, everything was picture perfect. I had the house, the cars, the job, the jewelry, everything you can imagine. But once God said, you know what, since you think you've done all of this by yourself and I had nothing to do with it, let me shake the tree a little bit, rattle your fruit, and let you see who's really in charge. When I found myself in the last place that I ever thought I would find myself on the face of the earth and realized, wow, you got my attention now, right? And the reality was now I am about as humble as I can possibly be. So now I have to now listen and do what you tell me. And once I really heard the message that my true, true calling was to be able to speak like I'm speaking to you right now to masses of people and know that if I could simply change somebody's mindset because I could get them to understand I know what it's like to be 
be low, low. I know what it's like to be so low that you can't even pray. You don't even know how to pray. So you have to learn just to be still, silent, and just listen. And you will be magnified. You'll be so incredibly shocked at what you'll hear in that quietness. It's like now we're using HD. It's like in super high definition. It's like you now see and see people for what they really are. And uh, it's fascinating. It's, it's really developed. Uh, it's a whole sixth or seventh sense that you develop when you're actually humble to the point that I was humble. You don't worry. You're not troubled about things. You don't get angry. It's almost um, it's almost unexplainable. Uh, and when you can put that energy out to a crowd or put that energy out to a client, um, it's the most rewarding thing that I can possibly explain to you. How can we begin to change our mindset, though? Well, you start very simply by putting your faith, whatever you believe in. Because I talk to people who are Christian, I talk to people who are not Christians, I talk to people who are Muslims and other denominations that I didn't even know we had until I had that life-changing But you have to put your faith in something. So I usually use a very generic analogy, and that's the universe. You have to understand that we did not create the stars and the heavens and skies. Something greater than us created that. You've got to be able to be willing to put your faith in that thing, right? And when you understand that and you know truly that you have no control, right, you've got to now be able to make solid decisions based off of what you know the consequences potentially are and be able to make decisions one at a time and stop being so fast to want to do 50 things and try to do 50 things good at one time. Just do one thing and be very, very good at it. So if you're a man and you've got a husband, if you're a man and you've got a, a wife and children, be the best possible family man that you can. Your boys that you've been hanging out with, and all that's great. But put that family first, you know, and I say this to men all the time. Treat that woman like the queen that she is. Treat those kids like the angels and the gifts from God that they really are because you're not going to get that time back. Time is our most valuable asset. There's nothing more valuable to us than our time. And, you know, when I'm talking to people sometimes, if I tell you we need to meet at 4 o'clock, you can't show up at 4.01. You can't show up at 4.05, 10 after 4 you got to be there at 3.55 because when you show up at 4, technically you're late because 4 o'clock we should be engaged in what we're engaged. And those are the things that we have to learn to teach our kids and teach each other. Something simple as making your bed up. Here's something crazy for you. Make your bed up. If you have the worst day in the world and you come home from the worst day in the world, guess what? That one thing that you did positive is you made your bed up. Now you can flip the sheets back. It's nice and cool. And get in the bed and restart and look forward to the next day. But you come home, your house is in disarray. That day continues to perpetuate. Make the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor, is pray. The devil should be saying, oh, my God, he's up again. Here we go. <laughs> but instead, but instead, what do we do? A lot of we reach, we turn over, we reach for that cell phone, we go straight to Facebook. And as soon as we find out somebody was talking negatively about us or something crazy happened in the media, that's how our day starts. Our day starts with the gossip. Our day starts with the drama. 
our day starts with this crazy person that's in the White House, and we're worrying about and focused on what he's doing. It's irrelevant what he's doing. What are you doing? You know, the brother that just hung up that's running for office, he's made a conscious decision. He's made a conscious decision that he wants to make some type of change. And if you know him, if you're around him, and you know anything about him, you need to support him. And if you don't support him, then like he said, look into and do your research on who you should support. But if you just blatantly don't support anybody, then you're probably supporting subliminally something that you're not going to be happy with. So that's what that change in mind has got to be. Absolutely. And so it just takes one little thing. And that's that, right, one little thing. One little thing. And sometimes that just seems like it can just be very challenging. <laughs> but but it can, but that one little thing, every one of us, just imagine if every one of us did one little thing. Wow. How many little things does it take to make a big one? And we've got to learn to be able to work together and want to do that. And oh. we used to be we used to be the masters at it. We created we yep. created that art. The kings and queens that were brought over here on ships and forced to do something totally different. You know, the folks who were Harriet Tubman said one of the most profound things ever said to ever that I can said, I freed a thousand slaves, but I could have freed more if only they knew they were slaves. How many of us right now are still slaves to something, whether it's a car, a job, a friend, a thing, i.e. cell phone, Rolex watch? Those are all things which are nice to have, but don't let things have you. And we get so caught up sometimes in the things. But the things come and go. Money comes and goes. Money is like firewood. If you just keep throwing firewood in the fire, it just keeps burning. It just keeps burning, right? But if you learn to properly maybe put an insert at fireplace to keep the whole house with larger pieces of wood where you're only burning half, right, that's being smart about it. And we have to learn to do that. And I love that on your video with the money on fire. Yes, yes. Oh, can you do a little homework? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly, you know, that's exactly that. what it says, yeah. And it's about positive energy. You know, I don't do negativity, so you can't be around me and be negative. Either I'm going to try to get you to change it or I'm going to simply politely find a way to, for us to not engage or be in the same space until you're ready to change it. Um, because energy is just so incredible. And when you're positive and you remain positive, you'll see that positive energy is just like a magnet. And when you're negative, you always see that. And we always see the same. Uh, misery likes company. That's a true fact. That's a true fact. You know, rich people hang around rich people. Wealthy people hang around wealthy people. Spiritual people hang around spiritual people. Negative people are attracted to negative people. And uh, we've got to be able to change those negative mindsets. And that's a um, – and what you, what you said is so key because – uh, people like you, and I know people like you, they will not say a negative thing about anybody. And mm-hmm. if you start saying something negative, mm-hmm. they immediately change the subject mm-hmm. or walk away. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm one of those people, too. You can't come to me and tell me uh, to watch out for so-and-so. Because, nope, nope, stop right there. Stop right there. The fact that you're delivering this to me, 
we need to stop this conversation right now, right? Right. You know, or you, you can't start talking about somebody that I'm engaged with or no. Because I'm going to ask, have you shared this with them? When you tell me no, well, you're not going to share it with me, right? Because I just, it does nothing for me. I have nothing to gain by it. And again, I just told you a few minutes ago, my time is my most valuable asset. So every moment of my day is accounted for somehow um, because it's not time is not something that I take for granted. And when you find yourself, again, in that lowest of low and you look back and think about how much time wasted, you don't get it back. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's so. the thing. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, we have the, the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the only thing the only thing you should actually regret is the things that you never tried, you know. So that is that is amazing. I am so thankful that you were able to um join me this evening on on my radio show and I just knew, you know, when I was looking you know, looking in uh looking in on stuff about you <laughs> mm-hmm. that you would be, you know, very motivational. Absolutely. 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 I appreciate the invite. Yes. Yes. And this is a time, you know, we're in a time where we need to change our mindset and we need some Mm -hmm. motivation. And, you know, we have so many people that have, you know, become kind of share, you know, share share with us how you do it and how you do it. To kind of give us a, a glimpse, an insight of what can be different for us. Right. Right. But folks have to want to change. Nobody can make you technically do something that you're not ready to do. Otherwise, it will not be successful. It's got to come from the heart, and it's got to be based off of, again, where you put that faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Derek, let everyone know how they can contact you, how they can get the book. Sure, sure. So they can go simply just go to uh, www.derekgmatthews.com. We'll take you straight to the website. As soon as you put it, uh, there'll be a link on the website that'll take you to Amazon or Barnes and Noble to purchase the book. Uh, if they went to Amazon, they just simply type in "I was knocked down but not out." It'll be the first thing that pops up. Derek at Derek. GMatthews.com. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Matthews, for being okay. on the show. Thank you. Show. Thank, uh, you for, thank you very much. Yes, and as I mentioned uh, before, that talk show is live and recorded. And okay. in 15 minutes, it will upload. You'll be able okay. to go on and share it with your show. And a little awesome. bit later on this evening, I will post it on my social media site. And awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I will support you, and I will push it out on my end. Thank you. And we're you. also on Facebook. There's Derek G. Matthews. Derek G. Matthews. Okay. That's Thank Derek you. G. Matthews. That's Derek, D-E-R-E-K, G. Matthews. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Derek. Okay. I really appreciate Thank you. It. All, all right. right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I'd like to thank all of our guests that tuned in this evening. And uh, join me next Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. Have a fabulous week, everyone.
Hi, Derek. Derek Matthews, are you still on the call?
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.